Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show with me, Charlie Hawkins, on Love Sports Radio. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. Something of a first, bit of an unusual fan show tonight. No games for us to talk about or look towards, but still big news. Not just in sport or football, but in the world in general at the minute with the coronavirus. And the team aren't with me in the studio tonight, but they join me on the phone. And no, it's not because they are all out bulk buying toilet roll. We've got so much to go over in a football and an Arsenal perspective. What do you as fans make of all the daily changing news? When should the season resume? Or are you in the group that feel that it should be voided entirely? Join us tonight and have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, it's good to have Dave Seeger and Charlie East from Gunners Town with me. Big news at the minute, gents, with the coronavirus pandemic causing havoc to sport across the world. There remains plenty of uncertainty regarding the next steps that should be taken. The Premier League is suspended until April the 3rd at the earliest, but the decision has already led to questions concerning whether the season should be scrapped or extended into the summer. But maybe the catalyst for the Premier League shutting down was when Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta tested positive for the virus. Dave, this broke on Thursday night. We was all in a WhatsApp chat. I was quite shocked, obviously, when it did break. What did you make of that news? Well, I don't know what I made of it, really. I guess it was a, a surprise, given that the previous news had, had been um, you know, more around the players who'd come into contact with the the uh, Greek chairman of Olympiakos and Nottingham Forest. So I guess if we were expecting anything, we were expecting it to be a player. Um, and obviously it was confirmed shortly after that Arteta hadn't had any, hadn't had any contact. So, uh, yeah, I guess it was a complete surprise, really. Um, total shock. Yeah, it was a little bit of a strange one because, uh, like you just said there, Dave, Mikel Arteta actually hadn't had contact with Evangelos Marianakis, the Olympiakos and Forest owner. So maybe there was other players who were already carrying that virus. The first uh, player in the Premier League was Callum Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea. Charlie, for you, obviously, the game's all off on the weekend. I know you go home and away as well, devastated by this news. What do you make of it all? Uh, Obviously... The health is obviously the main priority for people. Um, I I was, it's hard because we've got no real direction of what's actually going to happen now. Mm. And I think that's the main thing. It would rather just not. Hopefully this week we get an announcement of what's going to happen with the league. Lots of people speculating and so on. Don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely gutted. I really am. Obviously, I love going football. Even my Saturday team that I manage, I've literally just had an email in the last half hour to say that our season's been off for the rest of the season as well. Like even at grassroots level now as well. So that's me stuffed every Saturday and Sunday there at airport. I, know, um, I don't know what any of us do on the weekends. Literally, this was the longest weekend of my oh. life. It dragged. It was it was absolutely terrible. We're lost without sport. But what do you two make on it? Just your own personal opinions, because well, I'm sure you've seen it across the news and, and in the papers. And some people want it to be void. Some people want it to be null. Some people want it to be concluded very quickly, play it behind closed doors. Starting with you, Charlie, how do you think this should be resolved? Personally, I would, 
I think once we get the announcement tomorrow that the Euros is going to be called off, which I'm expecting, I'm only sort of speculating, obviously, that. Um, that gives us a time. I think the season should be finished. I do think it should be finished. If that means it has to be behind closed doors and put on television, then so be it. Um, I do think that the, the TV companies should be doing something to compensate fans that have missed out over the last couple of weeks and over the coming weeks. They should maybe stream games, all games live. Um, going for, I know the Bundesliga have done that, and they've said that any games that are played behind closed doors will be streamed live for the fans every game for free, if, as long as you've got like a, a package of some sort. Um, I think the season will need to be finished because unfortunately there is so much money involved in the game these days, relegations and Champions League spots, and there's no fair way to just avoid it. As much as we all don't want Liverpool to win the league. And if they avoided the season and they didn't win it, I'd be absolutely delighted. But they can't also just give it to them because mathematically, Man City can still win the league. So legally, it'd be impossible for them to just hand the title to Liverpool. They cannot do that. So I don't know. We're all guessing and everyone sort of throwing random ideas out there. And I'm hearing some good things, some bad things, things that are ludicrous. But there's other things that I mean, someone said it's bad about. Play the season, the season, whether it takes the next season, play one one game each. Season. No, just, 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 just play all the games as quoted. Get to be behind closed doors, so be it. But just get the season done if need be. Get the season done if need be. Dave, do you share that view? Well, I'm increasingly starting to believe that the behind closed doors is the only option. I mean, I think originally I favoured the option of. Um, you know, move the Euros to 2021, which I think, as Charlie says, you know, will probably happen anyway. Uh, but I guess I was thinking at the time that we we might be looking at sort of a, you know four to six week delay, and perhaps the the season could have been finished in in the sort of you know late May June time and maybe early July. But now it's it's seeming to be quite apparent that this you know with the sort of government trying to sort of manage the, the spread of the virus to sort of suppress the curve, so to speak, we, this is going to go on you know, into, into sort of probably June, July. So that's not a possibility. So if, as Charlie says, they, they, they do want to finish the season, and I think in practical sense they have to, um, not just because of the Premier League, because obviously every division, and particularly the promotion for the Championship, I think behind closed doors is, is the only viable option. Yeah, I, can't the, think, I, I cannot see any other way of doing it. Yeah, the no, only viable option. Obviously, to you both, <clears throat> the Premier League is meeting on Thursday. We will know more then whether that suspension will carry on or they will be back at the start of April. But obviously, Charlie, with you saying the Euros will get pushed back, that will eat into the summer. Will this be a case that how will transfers work? How will next season look, well, this, the break between the two? If you say I had a discussion with someone the other day, I was talking about it. I, mean, I work in football, so I know footballers and I've spoke to them and so forth. They are entitled to four to five weeks legally and contractedly of annual leave. They're allowed four to five weeks holiday. And no matter what happens, these players are human. Same as us. They've got jobs, they're entitled holiday, they want their time off. What happens when the season gets extended, then they're still entitled to that holiday. And I'll be, some of my mates were saying to me, like, well, no, they're footballers, they get paid enough, they should know the situation. No, it doesn't work like that. They don't care anyone they're going to want their holiday, a break from going to work and with their families. They might not be able to travel, but at least they're still going to want to spend time with their families and 
not worry about work, have a bit of time off. And then you go into the contract situation. People's contracts run out in June, out of contract. What happens then? I see that the other day, I see a report today, says if the league gets, gets extended, players like Alexis Sanchez and William Saliba are all of a sudden back at their clubs. So like Arsenal maybe should be able to use William Saliba come 1st of June. And Sanchez back to United with his loan deals. I mean, there's so many permutations that need to be sort of discussed and thought about. Yeah, there is so many factors. Dave, surely the Premier League would just extend those uh, deals because you won't be able to use a player like Saliba or Sanchez for other clubs because they're not registered for this season, are they? They would never allow that, surely not. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that could happen. What I do think, just thinking uh, as Charlie was speaking then, um, and, and, and I don't know who would, who would make this call, but you know, given that there has to be a certain period of time, as Charlie correctly says, where people don't play... One of the possibilities, and no one's going to want this, but one of the possibilities would be to, to suppress or, or, you know, for one season only, one of the domestic cup competitions you know, or, or, or leave the League Cup just for a lower division competition or something like that and just not have I the League care, Cup. I would to be honest. But then, then you could play <laughs> Premier League games midweek and then obviously have a shorter season because you wouldn't have those midweek games. That's the only thing I could think of that would practically shorten season by losing one cup, one domestic cup competition. Yeah, and one thing, I'm, I'm not sure if you two would have seen it, Wayne Rooney suggesting that the game should be played into the summer, then a, a break, like you said, Charlie, that the players are allowed to have, then starting the next season at a later date, around the winter break, around about Christmas, saying that that would work for the next two season potentially, because the World Cup is due to be played at around that month in Qatar, Qatar 2020. Is that something that could work. No, that can't work because of the Euros next year. So the Euros next year will still be in the summer. Mm. So and if they're going to postpone that already, they're going to definitely set a place. Ultimately, UEFA are going to, they think that their European competition is way above all the football stuff, our football. So they're going to say, all right, we didn't delay the Euros, but we're going to start it, I don't know, maybe a bit later. Maybe we're going to start it 1st of July or end of June. So there's no way they're going to postpone or cancel that again. So it's going to be harder to to fit in in a way. I do I do agree with Dave. I think you may see the League Cup maybe sacrifice or something like that and you'll see more of more games midweek. So a lot of down maybe they might remove the internationals or stuff like that. Maybe remove the international breaks and fit more league games into a shorter space of time. And yeah, maybe exactly so with the League Cup for example, obviously FA Cup doesn't start till Saturday. Maybe make that a midweek competition or something like that. And then all of a sudden you've just got a lot more football for next year. I know the players are going to make maybe I don't know they might extend more substitutes or something just to cut time. Yeah, they could. They the could you could allow like that. you could allow or you could have a bigger squad in the Premier League. There's lots of things yeah. they can do to alleviate. You know, certain players have to are only allowed to play a certain number of games a season. Therefore, you have a bigger, slightly bigger squad. You know, for example, I'm sure they're all discussions. They are thinking about and getting on the table, and I'm sure something will come good. But I think, I mean. I'm quite selfish to the fact I wish we were still going football. I gutted I couldn't go Brighton Saturday. I obviously understand why. But I mean, I was looking forward to going up to Sheffield United on Sunday. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be devastated if they cancelled the FA Cup, which I've heard reports of. Especially for us, it's probably our one real thing we've got going at the moment. I don't, I don't, I can't see it finishing top four. Um, but if they cancelled the FA Cup, which I've seen muted, I'd be disappointed about that because. And Newcastle, for another example, Newcastle got the furthest they ever had in an FA Cup. They can't it now. They'd be devastating fans. They've finally got a, through the rounds. So I would, I'd be distraught about that. 
Europe, don't care about now, we're not in it. <laughs> but, you know, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's a hard one, but I'm sure by the end of the week, we'll have a, lot, a much clearer picture of what's going on. Yeah, and while we wait for that clearer picture, obviously we're all presuming that the league will come back, whether it's behind closed doors, as Dave said or not. But could we be talking about, is there any positive then for Arsenal? Because we're waiting on Tierney, Torreira's out injured. Could we see a, a new and a much improved Arsenal when they do return? Cedric Swarov, another one. But then I also worry about, obviously, Tottenham looks stronger. You know, to get Rashford back. It ain't just us getting stronger squads. Mm. Do you know what I mean? City get Laporte back. Bardi's got a couple more recuperate. Everyone's going to get stronger with this breakdown. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, well, that's the end yeah, of that feel-good feeling. Cheers, Chaz. What, what no, do you make no, of it, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, but I it's don't true, agree. though. I think no. no, I don't agree, don't? Charlie. I don't agree. No, no. I mean, I know what you're saying, but we haven't had, I mean, <laughs> we, haven't had t- we haven't had a proper left-back for six weeks. So, you know, we've got two left-backs to come back. You know, there, and Torreira is... We, we haven't got the, the squad depth that Man City have got or Chelsea have got. or You know, so to, it would be... I think it would be slightly better for us because we've got some very, very good players to come back in there. You know, you could... You know, I'm sure you know what holding. Be Be- Bellerin, Bellerin definitely needs a rest. So there's a lot of things that would be positive for us, I think. A lot, of, so. a lot of positive things for us. Well, we're going to continue this discussion because what does this break look like for Arsenal and talking about a whole host of issues around the club as well that we've not even got to yet. But you can have your say. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Still joined with Dave Seeger and Charlie East from Gunnerstown. Football may be off, but we are still here going from strength to strength, talking everything where Arsenal are concerned. And you can have your say. You can join the show tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, the Premier League is meeting on Thursday. We await their decision to whether the football will resume or maybe there'll be an extended break. One of the things that may be on the agenda, and I want to speak to you both about, a lot of rumours flying around today about no relegation and yet two teams joining, those two teams, Leeds and West Brom, a potential 22-team Premier League season next year. Dave, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I haven't seen that, but why those two only and why not? I mean, why two, not three? I mean, just because they're not going to be able to have the playoffs. Yeah, and... and yeah, but they're not. They're only about six points clear. We've got ten, eleven games to go. That's completely unfair. I, I, I couldn't right. agree more. Dave, for me, the strange thing is, if we're, we're hearing in this 22 Premier League team, I mean, again, rumour and just proposal, that Liverpool will be handed the title and yet no teams will be relegated. So how does it work at one end of the spectrum for both sides of the table? <sighs> Crikey. Those decision makers sat around that boardroom table. I tell you, it's absolutely. You know, there's not there's not a single option that will keep everyone happy. Mm. The only option that's fair for everybody and every single 92 sides is to null and void this whole of this season. I mean, that might sound unfair on Liverpool, but then everyone's getting treated the same. But that, they just won't do it. So they're looking for some sort of compromise, and I think. The only option is the one we described earlier. Some way, somehow, they're going to have to finish all the games behind closed doors. It's the only viable option, yeah. and then to press next season. I can't see. I can't see artificially promoting and relegating. And we certainly couldn't have a twenty-two team Premier League given everything else we've just discussed. Charlie, could we could we see it? And and, and Dave mentions there, Noel and Void. They would need fourteen Premier League clubs to vote yes on that. Could we see fourteen teams actually uh, be in for that? And, and could Arsenal be one of them? Well, I think Arsenal would be in one then because 
I read something the other day. If it is null and void, and you get the top four places next season, with Man City transfer van, we finished fifth last mm-hmm. season. So we come in as a Champions League spot. <laughs> um, wow! <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I know that's crazy, but it's, they did it's that. True. Null yeah, and void that's what thing. they're we saying. Yeah, if you're not finished sixth, and if Man City all of a sudden get them, and Man City band still upheld, which I, I, I still see that is true. Uh, at least maybe for a year, for the minimum, then we finish fifth and <laughs> Champions League, here we come. I know. That, <laughs> it's weird that Arsenal would be maybe one of the teams that would benefit from that. Man United yes. would obviously strongly think, oppose I think, it. I think if they would look at that and they'd think they would definitely vote towards the season if that was the case. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's so tricky. A Nolan void, where would that mean? And then two teams going up, Leeds and West Brom, because of those automatic places. How would you feel about a 22-team league overall, Charlie? Well, yeah, that 22-league thing I said, they're talking about maybe doing that and then having the next two years four relegated. Right, OK. To even it out over the two years. That's all this stuff is all nonsense, really. It's just people, journalists are bored, got not much to do at the moment, and probably putting theories in place. But... That would make sense in the way of even the league back out again. But then what Dave said as well, I agree with the fact that Fulham, who are on a bit of a roll at the moment, they're only six points off of West Brom. Yeah. I'm sure they'd take some sort of legal action or look at it as, do you know what I mean? Mm. It would be, but it would work out fair in a way that all the league clubs, would, two would come up, none would go down. It'd extend every league a little bit. There'd only be two less in each league. So every league, all the top leagues would have... 22 rather than a 20, 24, 24, 24. So it would even it out. But obviously things like Fulham and maybe Wickham are on third and stuff like that. Teams like that are going to be a bit peeved off, I'd say. Mm. And and I think, Dave, you, you've hit the nail on head in the sense that, you know, whatever uh, the decision makers decide to do, no one, will, not everyone will be overly happy uh, about it because you can't yeah. please everyone. We're hearing actually from Brentford fans and Preston fans saying it feels like little old us, bigger club bias. If they were the top two teams, would they be wanting uh, them to go up because it's Leeds and West Brom, the power that they have. So within yeah. those decision makers, should maybe the fans be consulted a little bit more? Unfortunately, fans are very biased, aren't they? Fans are going to be happy about Leeds fans and West Brom's fans surely going to say, yeah, let's go for it, and you're going to get Fulham fans saying, no, it's out of order. But someone's going to have to make a decision. As Dave said, there's always going to be someone who ain't going to be happy with whatever decision's going to be made. And uh, that's and they've got to half take it on the chin, someone, and just say, this is what we're doing, this is the reasoning behind it. And if they are going to cancel the season, null and void, I think, personally, that is the fairest way. If the season stops now... Liverpool are champions and Leeds and West Brom are the teams that come up. You, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's no way of fair way of doing it, in my eyes. And Dave, what about for you with those fans being consulted? I think every club should nominate an arm wrestling champion. <laughs> and um, <laughs> nah, honestly, you know, I just don't think. I, 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 I keep coming back to the same thing. Or I think it's true. They had to finish the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else is arbitrary. That is the the crap. It's the only option. Mm. When it will happen, I don't know. And will it probably be behind closed doors? More than likely. Oh, definitely. Dave, I think you're onto something. We could maybe end the season with with Jenga. Uh, You know, all the Premier League comes in and do a Jenga competition. 
They almost just start it again, have a little cup competition, <laughs> 20 Premier League teams, all by a one-off match, drawn out the hat, whoever wins, wins the league. I just wanted to um, ask you both as well, Dave, I'll start with you because this whole talk of 22 uh, team leagues and, you know, what will happen. Darren Fletcher said something, obviously, on BBC Five Live, saying that this will only mean that um, the Premier League top teams will only be pushed into a breakaway European Super League because if they have to scrap Europe this season so the domestic leagues can be uh, played, UEFA will not be happy about this. They don't want to be second fiddle and will will try to do a break breakaway European Super League. What, what do you make of that? Well, I think UEFA's reputation is not the best anyway. And, and, and I think they'd just be seen to be trying to take advantage of a, of a, of a world health pandemic. I think, I, I think that would be... I think most people would be pretty disgusted if they tried to do that, taking advantage of something that everyone knows they've wanted to do for some time, you know, at a time when the world's struggling to sort of cope and people are dying to take advantage of it by sort of saying, well, this, you know, we can't have our little competition, therefore we're going to break away. Well, that would be disgusting, to be quite frank. And if Arsenal got involved in that, I'd be appalled. I'd probably switch my team, to be honest, if Arsenal followed that. Really, Dave? That strongly? Yeah, absolutely appalling. I've got no interest in it. You know, yeah. No interest in the European Super League. I, I, I would just follow my local team, to be honest. If, if my club followed that, I would be appalled. To be honest, I, I, I'm not interested in a European Super League at all. But, Charlie, this is kind of talk and it's been going on for years. It's never really, it's been pushed back, but it's never really faded away, has it, this European talk? No, and I'm sure the big clubs want to do it because of money and they want their elitist sort of profile around it. They like the fact that they're the best teams. I know, and I'm sure Arsenal would love it, really, Cronkay and people like that. That's probably run the reason they got involved in the club. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want it personally. Uh, I wouldn't change my team. I'd, I'd, I'd look at the positives. I think I've got nice trips to Madrid, Barcelona every week. But um, I'll, I'll, it just I'll, takes I'll, it into a more elitist game, though. People can afford it. That's ridiculous. It, it, Bad no, enough as it is. People being priced out of football as it is. It isn't football, obviously, and it's not the way it is. But it's, unfortunately, mate, fans are not any. <laughs> people don't care about them now anyway. We see that of just little things like putting games mm. on Monday nights, miles away. That's, they don't care about the fans, I mean, so it's it's a tough time. I, I think we're quite a long way away from that, and I can't, as Dave said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that would happen. Mm. Do, you, do you feel like because you're saying the fans are always uh, sort of they're not really thought about they're the last thought if, if anything and I know obviously no one could foresee what was going to happen but Arsenal-Man City game very late notice it got moved to a Wednesday night and then players bought travel bought tickets uh, fans excuse me and then the game got called off again do you think in any way that the Premier League have been quite slow to react to this news and what's going on around uh, you know the world and Europe at the minute the Bundesliga La Liga very quick to you know, react to this Serie A, and it was only really with Arteta's news the Premier League kind of acted. Were they slow a little bit off the mark? Uh, I, I like the fact they tried to make things go on as long as they can. I think that's quite sensible. Even now, I think a lot of countries are maybe a little bit too reactionary with things. Um, but I, it's, it's, Charlie, as you know, this, this stuff changes day by day. Like it's. It, you, you, if you're going to make a decision early, you're going to get criticised by some. If you do it late, you're going to get criticised by others. It's everyone's got their own different opinions and views on stuff, and it's it's it's, it's difficult. It's, it, we've never ever experienced this in our life. Do you know what I mean, hopefully, we never have to again. And once it's done, but it's it's just it's it's day by hour by hour. If anything, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I mean, we've I've, I've gone to work today, and they told us that we're working 
as normal. Yet, I hear Boris say today that everyone should be working from home. I might get in tomorrow, I might have to work from home. So, it is, it's a day-by-day thing. I think you need to try and make the best of a bad situation. And I, as me and both, they both agree, I can't see any other option other than finish the season in the summer behind closed doors. And I think it, people at least get their football on telly, so forth. They get their football fix, so to speak. Uh, fans will be refunded tickets for those they've got season tickets or I've got Sheffield United and Brighton tickets in the drawer that are you know what I mean I'm waiting to see what happens with that Obviously, I'll get to use them hopefully going forward but if I don't just get my money back do you know what I mean so it's at least just get the games done hopefully everything will be in place by the time next season and we can just go again yeah Dave is that something you share yeah no absolutely totally totally agree I, I did want to uh, mention, though, something just away from Arsenal, but obviously with what's going on at the minute, the players themselves, they're still, you know, Arsenal players aren't in training because of uh, the Mikel Arteta. They are in self-isolation, but other clubs are still involved in day-to-day operations. But coming out in the last couple of days, players like Declan Rice, Mason Mann, Wilfred Zahar have been in trouble or could be in trouble with their clubs for playing five-a-side games and being out, which is against club rules. What did you make of this? Is this, is this a bit over the top or, you know... You know, they have to be careful with what's going on. I didn't see, to honestly, I didn't see the story, to be honest. Uh, um, I, I see the Zaha one. He's playing for the other side of Beckenham, wasn't he? Mm. Um, they, all these people, they're human beings. and I'm, I mean, I've still gone football and stuff like that. I mean, it, I don't want to be sitting in my house all day, every day. I know that... It, there is precautionaries and government guidelines and stuff. You've sort of got it's not just that risking injury, isn't it, Charlie? You know, they're not really meant to be playing football with anyone else. We know what they do, but Mason Mount could be really in trouble at Chelsea playing and, you know, organising games, maybe contacting the virus and then other other players and yeah. staff are at risk as well. I know, and I see, I mean, I see that Arsenal, all the Barcelona players at the moment are all, the majority of them have got gyms at home, haven't they? Mm. They've all been given a plan to work on. And those that yeah. haven't had the equipment that they want to need, they're getting them dropped off to them at their houses. Mm. So I know the Arsenal players have given a strict regime to work from, like all the same with weights and bikes and running machines and so forth on their own. So as an Arsenal fan... Much, like, quite... your, much like your house, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my team don't get used much, mate, as you can probably tell. <laughs> but no, it's... It, I'm quite glad that the players are doing that because yeah. when they do come back, I want them to be at the highest level they could be at, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and they've got to live their lives, obviously, Dave. And Wayne Rooney has recently started a new column. And in the article, Dave, Wayne Rooney saying that footballers are treated like guinea pigs. They're waiting on whether they are playing. One minute they are, the next they're not. EFL very slow to react. And he said, what about our welfare? What about our health? Our families are wide for us on the pitch. And, you know, and this is just a typical life for a footballer. I didn't understand what he was saying, to be honest, because <laughs> everyone, he's just talking about his own profession, but everybody's following, as Charlie says, the government guidelines. You know, we, we're not doctors, we're not scientists. You know, the government are relying on the top people um, to, to make their decisions. Um, and it's, at that time, it, every sport was still playing. You know, no one was making football as guinea pigs. Rugby was still playing in this country. Cheltenham was still on. You know, the golf was still... You know, it's, it, I didn't really understand it. He's trying to make it all about us footballers. It isn't. Every sport was playing and every sport's 
stopped the same week. It, 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 I didn't really understand where he, where he was coming from, to be honest. Maybe, uh, obviously, wanted to start with a bang. His new column, trying to get a little bit of attention, although it's Wayne Rooney, it always will. When we come back, though, we are actually talking about some Arsenal-specific news because there, there still has been some issues going on at the club. Love sports. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined with Garners Town, Dave Seeger. Charlie East, he's left us to go and self-isolate. But don't worry, we're calling up a super sub because Chris Howard will also be joining us. Dave, why we wait for Chris to join us? There is a little bit of Arsenal news still happening. We still get the little tidbits, obviously transfer news. But maybe the biggest news coming out of Arsenal in the last couple of days, club doctor Gary Driscoll has decided to stay at Arsenal because he's excited about the project and you know and excited about the passion and the new challenge under Arteta and has rejected advances from Liverpool. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, yeah, we'll take we'll take our triumphs where we can get them. Yeah, absolutely um, that. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks mate. Well, no, I do understand he you know he is he is he is, a, he is deemed to be very highly rated in his profession and I do understand from people I've spoken to at the club, that they are very, very, very pleased about this. They do, they do consider this a triumph, and they are delighted to have retained his services because, um, you know, let's face it, it's not been a strength of Arsenal's in the last sort of five yeah. or ten years. You know, we've had a bit of a turnover of medical staff and comings and goings, and we've had a lot of soft tissue injuries, and we've had a lot of bad decisions made over players who probably should have had operations, and so on and so forth. Santi Jack, so it's good. It's good to retain someone's services who is obviously sought after by. Now the top clubs. Yeah, and like you said, world champions, still current European champions. If they're after his services, it, it must show that he is actually very good at his job and it's nice that he's in our ranks, Dave. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, we're delighted no about it. to say that someone else who is also in our ranks, it is Chris Howard. He joins us now, a bit of a part-timer, turning up when he wants, just gone half seven. Chris, really good to get you on the line as well. We hope you're all well. Chris, how did you spend your weekend? Because no football, how are you, uh, how are you surviving without it? Uh, just... Well, he's not surviving at all. That, that was the end of that, Dave. Chris is gone. He's... he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> you can't write it, can oh, you? Welcome to live no, radio. I was, just, I was just hanging off his every word. <laughs> okay. So the, the the big question here, Dave, and I've waited a little bit to get to it, but it is a real big question. What do we think happened with Chris? Oh, it's a huge <laughs> question. It's a huge question. I think he fell down the stairs. Fell down. I think he was walking and talking. He shouldn't have done that. So yeah, we know with Chris, multitasking is absolutely very difficult. Apparently, Dave, he survived that fall down the stairs because Chris... Potentially, you're back with us. I am. Sorry about that. <laughs> did, did you fall down the stairs, Chris? Can you clear that up? I fall down with absolute shock, yeah. Absolute <laughs> shock. That was what it is. Uh, um, how did I spend my weekend? Yes. I was uh, at a silent disco in the Shard. So wow. And what no, was that like? No COVID. Yes, wicked, mate. <laughs> No COVID nineteen for me. No COVID nineteen for me. Yeah, it was so, and people have been telling me off disco. being too blasé. Yeah, yeah, a silent disco is almost a silent radio appearance uh, a few minutes ago, Chris. So continuing <laughs> with that theme, obviously big news, Chris. We spoke about it, and we've been speaking tonight. Me, Dave, and Charlie. Uh, Mikel Arteta testing positive for the virus. The Premier League shutting down could be further on Thursday. Just a quick recap on that for you. Where it stands right now, how are you feeling about football in general? 
Well, if ever there was going to be a time for Arsenal to have an, their absolutely worst season for as long as I've been alive, then pick the season that everything goes into meltdown and is going to shut halfway through. So, you know, that's uh, that's one way to look at it. Um, I know I'm being a little bit flippant and obviously very serious um, uh, pandemic that we have going on, but I think you just have to deal with it, don't you? You just have to deal with what comes at it, and we're not the... Uh, we're not the people paid big bucks to be able to define how football and sport and the sporting world and lots of other institutions as well go about um, sorting out the, the fallout from this. But my personal opinion, I don't know how much you guys have been able to talk about it, but my personal opinion is the season, regardless of how Arsenal are doing, the season feels like it's probably not going to be able to reboot in April. And so they've got to start coming up with creative ways in which they can, um, you know, manage this situation. Um, and what if there's many solutions on the table at the minute? No one knows really where it will head. Dave actually saying, you know, he wouldn't want to be one of those decision makers. You can't please everyone. Out of all the crazy suggestions that you've heard, Chris, is there one that you think maybe seems best suited into what could happen? Well, I kind of feel like they should probably void the season, depending on how far it gets into it. They should void the season, start next season a little bit earlier, and we we go again. Um, I like the idea of because um, I I can understand. So Liverpool Liverpool are um, probably going to win the league. We know that. So there's probably not a lot in that. There's going to be arguments and questions over the Champions League spots, and we had an outside bet of that, obviously. But then you've got the likes of Leeds and West Brom who have a case for saying, well, we're missing out on pots of cash here. So do they turn it into a 22-game season? I've heard that as well. I like the idea of bringing the season forward. Also, if you think far enough ahead, you've got the Qatar World Cup in 2022. And that's supposed to go on during November and December. If that's the case, this might be an opportune moment to start the league a little bit earlier, to have a two-week almost hiatus when we get to the back end of this year and then maybe it's a case of um, doing it as a trial run for what happened in Qatar 2022 because that's also something that's got to be on people's minds, surely. We discounted that, Chris, because we think the Euros are going to be played in the summer of 2021. Unless you put the Euros in the November-December period and so you treat it almost like the World Cup, the Qatar World Cup. So you could, in theory, do the Euros between that November and December and treat it the same sort of thing. And then you probably need to work out how it's spacing because then that might be a lot of football for footballers to be playing from July through to November. And then you go away with your nationals country for four weeks and then you've got the back end of the season to finish. But it does feel like it could be a dress rehearsal. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I think the oh, Dave, even you just saying that one word, we we don't really know, do we? So we can't even add more on to that because we just don't know what tomorrow's decision will bring. This is really sort of kind of a watershed moment this week. It feels make or break. Let's let's. Uh, stick to the Arsenal news then we were just talking obviously about Gary O'Driscoll staying with the club uh, as the club doctor rejecting Liverpool's advances there has been some other news apparently reports coming out uh, uh, Bamiang uh, Arsenal won't match his 300,000 wage demands and Barcelona have apparently called their interest we could see him let uh, play out his contract he keeps making kind of these media circles saying he loves the club loves it here 
on on it just at the minute for you, Dave, where do you think we're at with the contract situation? Well, I was very pleased to see how positive he, he has been about his time at the club and how um, he has publicly said, you know, he's very happy here. Um, you know, one day and the next day I'm reading that um, he, he wants a big pay increase. I think he's on about 180 a week at the moment. He wants, or, or 200, he wants a, you know, a third increase up to take him up to 300,000 a week. And, and Arsenal apparently have said that's, that, that's just not within the structure, you know, of the Europa League club, which, which I completely understand as well. So that's why I suggested in our agenda that there is the third possibility, you know, if nobody's, because no one else is going to be able to pay, well, let's, sorry, I'll recap. There's probably three or four teams who could probably want to, would want to spend 300 grand a week on a player who's in his 30s. I don't think there's any more than that. And, you know, you know are they the teams that he would want to go to? Potentially, or, 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 or could we just say, okay, Pierre, you know, you've got one more season, you know, play it out. We've done it before, and we, and, and as Wenger said in his last year, yeah. we will start to see that happen more and more in football. It's not going to be a, you know, as everybody said, it's an Arsenal problem. I think it's going to be a football problem. You know, players have that power, but if he's happy at Arsenal and he's a sort of player who's going to give his all on the pitch, I caveat that with I thought the same about Alexis. But if he is a sort of player. And he, you know, he's club captain. Then it's a possibility. I think I'd probably rather have him staying for twelve months longer um, than, than than go, you know, um, you know, in the summer. Personally. And what about you, Chris? I think it's an interesting one. So the benefits of keeping Aubameyang around are that we don't have to scrabble around trying to find ourselves a world-class striker. I think as well, if you think about it from a time perspective, we really should know how how good uh, Eddie Nketiah is by then in terms of he'll have had more games under his belt in the first team one would hope but I also think you look at yep I was just going to say that the the Martinelli um, question as well will be a lot further down the line we could find ourselves with somebody like Gabriel Martinelli if he has another stellar season under his belt next season and we're assuming the next season goes ahead at the moment of course um, then we could we could be looking at a natural sort of passing of the baton, and so whilst it would yeah it would hurt because you don't get a fee for someone like Aubameyang, you've got to look at it at the moment and think if he wants big cash, and as Dave said, there's only a few com- com- companies, there's only a few um, teams clubs. that clubs would be interested in that, then then they're not going to want to pay a big fee and 300 grand a week, are they? So mm. it's an interesting situation that he finds himself in especially if you've got the likes of Barcelona that called their interest. Real Madrid is another option. I mean, they're still playing Karim Benzema. I think he's, what is he, 31, 32? So, you know, it would be a swap round, swap out of someone like Benzema, maybe. But I don't know, I can't see that. And then you've but also, got, Chris, um, Chris, if you logically follow on from what you're saying there, you know, oh dear, we're not going to get, say, I don't know, 50, 60 million pounds for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Having said that, you know, if, if, if it plays out the way you say, we're not going to have to spend 50, 60 million pounds. We've already got a player that only costs the same. So, it, you know, it wouldn't, I don't think the media or the fans would, would feel the same as they did with the Van Persie situation or, you know, or, or with the Ramsey situation because we're actually, we're not having to spend a fortune to replace someone who's going on a free. And so no, there exactly. is a degree of logic. So, there. so- so I can see, I can understand, I can see how it might work. There'll be still people that'll be chomping at the bit to just dig the knives in at Arsenal, but I can see how it could potentially work. And to be honest with you, 180 grand a week that he's on at the moment, you know, if he, he does seem like he enjoys his position at the club. He, he enjoys his uh, 
of his time at Arsenal. And if Mikel Arteta can turn the club around in the right direction, as we're all hoping that he can, then who knows? He could still be fighting for honours next season at, at Arsenal. Mm, fighting yeah, and also, we, we, we could still cash in on the other you know, striker that we have who's, who is worth money. You know, we could still we could still sell like a set, couldn't we? Yeah, it's all on the table. Who knows what Arteta apparently does have the last say on all transfers in and out of the club. But we're going to be talking about some more transfer rumours and obviously Theo Walcott's Arsenal legacy on what is his thirty first birthday. Love sports. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Dave Seeger, and late substitution, Chris Howard, joining us at the very late stages, trying to make a glorious cameo in the last 10 or 15, scoring a goal, the super sub. But we are talking a little bit about transfers as well, and you can have your say tonight. Could that be affected at the end of the season? I say end of the season. We don't quite know when that will be. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020. 558. We mentioned a Bamiyang up top, but there's more rumours at the back, and Arsenal have numerous centre halves to call on, but apparently they could be in the market for more. William Saliba arriving in the summer, and the greatest defender to ever play the game, me, Chris, and Dave have decided. I say all of us, mainly me with Pablo Mari, but do we still need more links to Diop and Smalling? Dave, what are you making of more links to yet more centre halves? It's, it's going to be a fascinating window whenever that window is because you know it, it with everyone if everyone's fit you know we've got so let's go you've got holding chambers mustafi socrates uh david louise and, and and pablo mari so we have six uh center backs all of whom incidentally have actually played for their countries believe it or not so six international center backs there and potentially one that we know is a right sorry not potentially so we have one more right so we by, by june the first we will have seven centre-backs potentially on our books. So we know Saliba in Mary, we've got a, a, a small deal if you want to make his deal permanent. So we've got six, we, we, we definitely have six, we could have seven, and then we're linked to two more. So the question for me is, I don't think you need more than four top-class centre-backs, unless you're playing a back three, which I don't think we are. So even if we stretch it to five, I think at least two of the existing ones are going to have to leave in the summer. And my money would be on Mustafi uh, because we can still cash in on him and Socrates because we can still cash in on him. I, I, I think Chambers and Holding after long-term injuries will be more difficult to shift. So it's interesting. Uh, I, don't, I did think Diop played very well against us. I can't say I've watched him a lot. I, I'd be very surprised, even though Chris Smalling's having a good season, if that's anything more than media speculation personally. And what about you, Chris? That's getting another sent back in. I think we will look to other areas. And the reason I say that, I mean, you've got Mavropanos as well, which everyone's um, forgotten Sorry, about. Sorry, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think that Mavropanos, I think Mavropanos probably will be moving on for money. I think Dave's right. I think Mustafi will be because he's only got a year left. I think for Gladys will as well because he's already made a few noises, isn't he, about, oh, I need to feel happy and things like that. And, you know, yeah. he's not going to, he's, he's playing... He's played right back the last couple of times he's played. He's down the pecking order. I think his time is up. If you bring in Saliba and you've got those two exiting, you've got Chambers who won't be back until September at the, le- at the least. I think it's more likely October or November, I think. He's, he's yeah, so we can't sell him. And then, and then you've got, he's got a few months where he's got to get up to speed because of a long-term injury. He's talking about January. You're talking about probably not seeing Chambers until like January, February. So... That's that one out the, out the door. Um, and then you've got holding, the holding question. If you've got 
uh, Saliba coming in and David Luiz, who has been quite impressive since Arteta came in. So I, I think David Luiz will be given, um, obviously, an opportunity next season, but they'll probably look to phase him out. And then the, all of the eyes, therefore, have to be on what, what happens with Pablo Mari. Now, he either gets plenty of game time this season under Arteta, unless they void the season. If they void the season, what happens to him then? Because he's only played a few games. He's hardly had the chance to um, establish himself. And it's still a bit of a gamble for the club to say, yep, let's shell out. I mean, I know it's always like five, six million quid we've got to pay for him. But it's still a bit of a gamble. And it's a squad place for a player that you don't know is going to adapt to the Premier League or not. So it's a really, well, really to what, difficult to what situation. But what, from what I've read today was... Arteta basically said he is the centre-back I want. It wasn't a case of, oh, he's available on loan, let's get him to cover. He, he wanted him for me. He knew him from Man City. He obviously thought he should have played, but he was there. He didn't get the opportunity. And he could have had other people. He wanted Mary. That's what the and we know why, Dave, Dave don't we? Well, because he's the best centre-back in the world. <laughs> there you go. Simple. No, no but I just think, I don't, I, don't, I don't, what I'm saying, Chris, is I don't think, I think Arteta already has an opinion on Mary. I don't think he needs to see him play to, to reinforce that opinion, necessarily. Mm. So that suggests I think he's to already me had that, that opinion. So that suggests to me that that's it. He wants him. So that's his signing. So in which case, I, I definitely don't think that there'll be anybody else coming in. And I think we probably do need to look at other areas. Now, are we, are we going to sign Suarez on a permanent deal? Another question mark at right back. Are we going to get somebody else in? You know, are we going to... Uh, well, what about Danny, Danny Ceballos? Ceballos yeah. Deal? I mean, there's rumours today that 36 million, was it today or yesterday? 36 yeah, 36 million. million. Arsenal don't have that sort of money to blow on. Or do they have that sort of money? I don't know. Well, if they're so lucky, they Niles, Mustafi, Socrates, there's probably 80 million. And, and so we, they will have money to spend. I mean, With the needs that Arsenal have, is Danny Sabas at the minute worth 36 million to Arsenal in terms of if we have other holes? I think, oh, I, think, a, I, I, think I think he's worth it if Socrates, if, if um, Granit Xhaka goes. Um, yeah, but, I can see But, that. I mean, I, I think that, I think really those two are buying for the same position. I, mean, I don't I, I don't I know we've all we've all waxed lyrical about how, how well Sabias has played in the deepest role, but I don't I think the Santi Gazola role, which is probably where Shaka is, alongside a proper defensive midfield player, is more his role um, than where he's playing at the moment, although I think he's done very, very well there. And, and just very quickly, I did want to talk about uh, Theo Walcott. It's his 31st birthday. The club have been tweeting. What kind of legacy did Theo leave behind? Because they were reeling off, you know, his honours and his stats. And, and I, I still think it's fair to say that Theo Walcott, you know, I know the potential and the hype and he went to the World Cup at 16, but I still feel like he's very underrated for what he achieved at Arsenal. Is that fair to say, Chris? I think anybody that gets 100 goals for Arsenal or any Premier League team, you have to acknowledge that they have had an impact in the club, on the club. I mean, he was there 12 years. So again, a lot of people will say 108 goals or whatever it is over 12 years. It's less than 10 a season for a player that's playing, you know, as, a, as a, one of the attacking outlets in, a, in a, a very creative Arsenal team over the years. But, he, you know, any player that gives you memories, any player that's involved in a cup-winning team, you're always going to have good feelings, you know, fond memories of. And I have that as well. I was there for the Aston Villa Cup final, and you know he's sat next to me. He had a good no, yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> not for that one. But no, not for that. He's just in the one, pub before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's so he's given us good memories, and I will, it's like Ramsey as well. People yeah. question, you know, the whole legend stat status over Ramsey. 
he got goals. He got good goals. He got important goals for us. And Theo Walcott's got some important goals for us as well. I also, I, I also think you've got to bear in mind he, he never, he never really played in the position that he obviously he always said he wanted to play. Mm. So he's never going to be a twenty goal a season player. Having said all that, also I think we had three seasons. And bear in mind he won Player of the Year in two of them. We had three seasons where Robin van Persie was the best player in, in, in the Premier League. And if you look at the assists that he gave Van Persie in those three yeah. seasons. The season when Van Persie came back in about December and scored 20-odd goals, and then the following two seasons, he was the top scorer in the Premier League and, and player of the season. Those three seasons, that link-up between Van Persie and Walcott was sensational. That was Walcott's best period. He was, the fir- he was one of the first names on the team sheet. After Van Persie left, I never thought he really stepped on. You know, he, never, he never progressed. These, those were his that sort of 11, 12, 13, 14 sort of time. They, that was those three seasons were his best. And I never thought he really progressed after that, which is a real shame. Yeah, it was a real shame. And especially when he got that injury and he met, when he wanted these contract demands and he made a blistering start and he got the, the shoulder injury. Guys, we've, we've come uh, to the end of the show. There was no football and yet we made it. Still so much discussion. I want to personally thank Dave, Chris, Charlie for making the Arsenal Fan Show what it was and Gunners Tan, who made it really enjoyable every week on the Arsenal Fan Show. But yet we made it with no football. We were finally here and you can always be part of it. So thank Thanks to Dave, thanks to Chris, and thanks for Charlie East for making every Arsenal uh, show memorable for me. And did you know you can uh, manage your business with Churchill? Churchill Standard Policy provides one million of public liability cover with access to our 24-7 legal helpline. Not to mention a range of add-ons, including cover for your tools and business equipment, personal accident, and employer's liability insurance. Visit the public liability page on churchill.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.